One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate. I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show We're the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. Last month, a good friend of mine got married. And to go to this wedding, it was the first road trip I'd ever taken in several years, like long before COVID even. And something happened during the reception of this wedding that is very on brand for this podcast. To talk about that and a few other things, I have my good friend, Brian Brately. Thank you for being an inspiration for another episode. (laughs) Absolutely. My pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Well, before we get to that, you know, I want to mention at least once during the month of July that it's Disability Pride Month. If anyone's seen the things I post online sometimes, I have talked to a couple people about that. When I ask them, do you want to talk about that on the show? And they're like, eh, not really. That's perfectly fine. And I don't really blame them because maybe they're as ill-informed about it as I was because I just found out about it last month. Even from the things that people say about it in conversation with me, it's hard to distinguish between that and disability awareness months. Yeah, I'd never uh, you know, realized it either up until a few days ago when I saw somebody posted something on Facebook. So I was in that same boat up until a few days ago. Maybe it's just that people are only learning about it now that maybe they don't know what to say or they have nothing to say about it yet or whatever. But I mean, it's not even a national thing yet. You know, I think it's state by state that people are recognizing Disability Pride Month. I feel like a lot of people are kind of tiptoeing around it, too, because they don't want to be offensive in one way or another, because it's, you know, any more recently, especially it's tough to see what's politically correct and, you know, accepted. It is a little bizarre and maybe can be construed that way because it's right after another Pride Month. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's one of the first things I thought about when I heard about it last year. It can easily be, I don't want to say lumped together, but like when you say that July is a Pride Month, people are going to get confused unless they know about it. Because I would think most people know June's Pride Month. Especially where I work, the company is very on board with Pride Month and has different activities that they take part in throughout the organization. We're headquartered in Pittsburgh and they have a big thing in Pittsburgh and then certain areas here in Ohio uh, take part in as well. You know, that reminds me of something I've always wanted to know. I don't think I've ever gotten the answer to this yet. The wedding was in Akron and we'll get to the wedding later on, but I had to drive through Pittsburgh to get to Akron, right? Yeah. So theoretically, around where you live, there are a lot of Pittsburgh fans. But you're a Buffalo Bills fan. (laughs) How did that happen? I've always been the odd one out in my family where living in the state of Ohio, the only teams that I cheer for within the state borders are the Cavs, Ohio State, and then the Blue Jackets, which are the NHL team. But for baseball, I'm a Cardinals fan. And, you know, for football, I'm a Bills fan, as you had mentioned. 
And the best answer I can get for that, when I was first understanding sports, that's when Buffalo was in the run of four straight Super Bowls. So I guess, you know, being young was a little bit of a front runner. And then for any sports fan, they realized that the last 20 years have been very painful for Buffalo up until these last three or four having uh, Josh Allen as quarterback. Now we're kind of attempting to return to those glory days that we had in the early 90s. Yeah, I remember that very well. They got to four straight Super Bowls and didn't win any of them. <laughs> say as a fan of uh, Buffalo, the two words you don't want to hear in a, the same sentence, especially back-to-back, are the words wide right, because that's how we lost one of our uh, Super Bowl appearances. It was the only one that we actually had a chance to win. I actually got to meet Jim Kelly, who was the quarterback of those teams. When I was a senior in high school, that was my birthday present for my parents. And he actually... How'd they swing that? They knew the lady that was getting him to come in to speak. And he did it right by the Hall of Fame. My parents got tickets to it and took me. And he actually touched on that story of that final drive in the Super Bowl. He walked up to the kicker before the drive started and asked where he needed to be to be good to, you know, win the game. And the kicker said, get me to the 47-yard line. You know, I'll be good. 30-yard line because it's a 47-yard field goal. Because they, you know, add for taking the kick back and then the distance to goalposts and all that. Let's be honest. This is your story. You can make the number whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it in a 47-yard field goal and – it worked out perfectly where they got to the spot where the kicker said he would be good and be able to win the game. And as we all know, Buffalo lost the game because he shanked the kick wide right. He touched on that just to see the emotion again come back of the feeling of being that close to having the proverbial brass ring and then the rug being pulled out from under him. It was cool to see that it still has an effect to this day i don't remember that specific detail of that game i just remember them losing four in a row but what it does remind me of you've seen ace ventura right oh of course laces out (laughs) ace ventura is one of my all-time favorite movies that doesn't surprise me (laughs) i enjoy the entire series i think the second is almost as funny as the first but Definitely the first being the uh, classic. But, you know, it's that whole thing of somebody that messes up getting obsessed over how they messed up. Mm -hmm. There was an episode of House. I don't know if you ever watched it when it was on. It's funny, like, because of experiences I had with surgery and stuff like that, I never wanted to watch, like, the medical dramas. Still don't. But I remember when I was doing overnights for a radio station, I kept weird sleep patterns. So I woke up one day, house was on, and this was a couple seasons into it. House was on and I started watching this. I didn't realize what it was. I realized it was a hospital setting, but like the main character was so captivating to me that I kept watching the show and I caught up on the earlier episodes later. But yeah, I watched house. (laughs) Well, it's funny because there's one episode where the guy who shanked the kick in the Super Bowl was a guy named Scott Norwood. 
And he is actually mentioned in an episode of House about professional athletes who cracked under the pressure of a big moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hysterical that they're actually making fun of Scott Norwood in this specific episode. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine when that happens that certain people would be happy about it. But sometimes they just make names up for something like that. But a lot of times it's more effective if the real person is mentioned. Right. I'm sure it hit home for a lot of different people. Well, that was that kind of show where especially the character of House pulled no punches whatsoever. It's funny because there's characters throughout that show that I find funny one episode and hate the next. Yeah. House is one of those where I think I'm like three or four seasons in, can't remember. But I find House to be funny in every single episode with every little thing he does. That's an important thing when he's the main character. We know that no matter what, he's going to be in every episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For people who watch the show, obviously... That was a show where he was doing a lot of unethical things, but they found ways around that to get the audience to support him in doing so anyway. Mm -hmm. So you've been married for a little over a month. Yeah. How's it going so far? Everything's going great. You know, we've kind of finally gotten into a little bit of a routine. Work schedule is a little bit inconsistent because sometimes I work it in the morning to four in the afternoon uh, occasionally I get two to ten so you know that's a little bit difficult we're actually uh, dog sitting this week for my parents they're doing the same trip currently that we did for our honeymoon so we have their dog and then Ellen had a dog before we got married it's been a little bit of a uh, adventure trying to get everybody on the same schedule and dog owners do what they want to with their own dogs. It's going to be a little different for everybody, but maybe eventually you'll get them on the same schedule of doing <laughs> stuff. Who knows? My parents' dog's Leo. We only have him for a week, but he's uh, tried to make a run to either my car or Ellen's car, I think three times in the few days that he's been here with us. <laughs> Leo, named after me, because that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a family full of history uh, fans, so... We named him Leonidas after the King of Sparta, but we call him Leo for short. I've heard that a lot with animals, but I always think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, this was the first trip I took in several years out of town to go to your wedding. And man, it did not disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling everybody that was involved that Obviously, I'm definitely biased because of being the groom for the wedding, but I felt like it was like a top-notch wedding party and, you know, one of the best, if not the best ever, with just a group of people that we had involved. When it came to the wedding itself, I don't think I'd ever been to like a full-blown Catholic wedding before. I think I told you that, but there was a point where everybody stood up to take communion, and I'm not Catholic, so I didn't know what was going on. You know, there was another point where I realized that exchanging the rings was one of the first things you did. And I kept asking myself a couple different times, are they married yet? Like, (laughs) I guess that's up to, you know, your own interpretation. Mm -hmm. Different people say at different points, 
you know, in the wedding that you are married at whatever point, even I'm not a hundred percent sure when it becomes official. So. Yeah. And my favorite part was probably right after the ceremony, you guys were walking back down and your crutch kind of stepped on the dress that Ellen was wearing. (laughs) And I don't think anybody noticed except you and me, but I told you that was the hardest I've tried not to laugh at something in my entire life. The best part about that was the fact that we made eye contact (laughs) happened too. Right then. Because I was in the very back. You wouldn't see me Mm -hmm. until right after the ceremony was over. You knew I was there. Yeah. But you didn't see me until that point. Ellen had told me the entire day to watch out for my dress. Do not step on it. And then, of course, as we're walking in to the uh, reception itself, it happened and I actually went down that time. Oh no. <laughs> but it was one of those where I got up immediately. So it kind of looked like it was planned. Obviously it wasn't, but you need a blooper reel for your wedding, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. There were a lot of fun blooper moments that happened because when we were out on the dance floor, one of my buddies almost took me out when we were doing the Cupid shuffle. He came flying on the dance floor, and he's a wheelchair user as well. I was going right, and he came from the left. Oh, and no. what... <laughs> So, yeah, I was able to keep my balance, but almost went flying over his lap. <laughs> we know how this ends, folks. <laughs> and I just remember at the reception, I already told you this, I know, but there was a point where one of the servers thought I was a woman. Because anybody knows me knows I keep my hair fairly long throughout the year. It's a little shorter in the summer, but she comes up from behind me and the seat next to me had been empty all night. She goes, is anybody sitting here, ma'am? Sir? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't take offense to that. I thought it was funny as hell. That staff there, the hall was top notch. Ellen, I didn't have to, you know, get up and get anything because the server was like, hey, you know, we have plates made for you already. Just tell us what you want and, you know, we'll bring it right to you. Somebody pointed something out to me that I didn't think about until that night, which was usually you have a choice of meals when you RSVP for a wedding. And I didn't think about it until after the fact, but there wasn't that option when I RSVP'd for yours. And what I realized later, and everybody else did too, was, well, it's a buffet. Mm -hmm. I'd never been to a wedding buffet before. (laughs) My one cousin actually got married a few years ago and had their reception at the same place. And It's a really nice place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when we were deciding on where we were going to have the reception, I texted my cousin and wife and i was like hey give me some pros and cons of the hall and they each text me back with like seven bullet points of pros but no cons i was like okay you know that settles it (laughs) are you sure there's nothing bad about it (laughs) i kind of had that but knowing that they had already worked with these people and went through the whole process, I figured that their judgment was very trustworthy. And if they couldn't think of anything, I wasn't going to second guess it. I don't think I'd be able to help it. There's got to <laughs> be something wrong with this place. Actually, the one thing that I thought was wrong with it, it was so cold in there all night. 
but you were sweating. You had so many layers on. Yeah, oh, yeah. It doesn't take much for me to work up a good lather. <laughs> I remember kind of giving you the bro hug at the end of the night. <laughs> I look at my hand and I'm like, you're sweating so much. My hand is wet now. What's going on? <laughs> we'll come back to the wedding in a minute. But I thought it was the funniest thing. Maybe I had been back home for like a day or two. I get a text from you with a picture from your wedding. <laughs> it's a picture of Ellen with her father going down the aisle. Except there's this one guy on the side because he's in the back of the church. And you text me, you're like, you photobombing mofo. <laughs> it was just right place, right time. <laughs> Perfect positioning by Nate. You know what's funny is when I got back from that wedding, people asked me, do you have any pictures from it? I said, I didn't take any. And now I show those people that picture because <laughs> that's the only picture I know of that had me in it. But yeah, the main reason we're talking about the wedding so much, again, this is very on brand for the podcast. People understand why I call it what I do. Your brother's making his best man speech, talking about this and that and the other thing. And then your brother literally calls you an inspiration. It's funny because my mom had told me ever since I asked him to be best man and that he would have to do a speech that he was worrying about what he was going to say how he was going to do it and kept running ideas by her would run ideas by me I was like whatever you want to do just go for it but every time that I would talk to my mom she's like yeah he always talks about what an inspiration you are because you do this you do that and you don't let anything get you down somebody says you can't do something you go out and prove that you can so to me, it's everyday life of doing what I enjoy doing and putting my best foot forward. He sees that and, you know, that makes him apparently want to do, you know, the best that he can and whatever he uh, attempts to do. You know, what's funny about putting it in that context is so many times on the show, even with you, I think people have talked to me about just the absurdity of having a disability and being called things like inspirational just for that reason, right? But when it comes to doing what we want to do or know what we can do, we don't really think about that. You know? Right. It's just us living our lives. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely have had, you know, support system from day one, whether it be my parents, my brother, my sister, or anybody in the extended family who has pushed me to do whatever I could from snow skiing to baseball to now playing hockey, you know, any kind of ambition that I had, I always had the full backing of my family from top to bottom. It was really interesting for me to know that your sister was the one that told you about the sled hockey. Yeah. She was like, get your ass out here and do this. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how that went. She went to the College of Worcester, which is about 45 minutes to an hour from where I used to live. It's a little bit closer now that I've moved after getting married. But she called me up the one day and was like, hey, you need to get over here. I have people for you to meet. 
they want to have you try something out. So I ended up, you know, meeting up with my sister and she introduced me to this group and they were like, you know, do you know anything about hockey? Have you ever tried it? And of course, the answer to those questions were no at that point. And they finally asked, would you like to try? Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. I tease my sister all the time about how I rarely give her credit for anything. Mm -hmm. But I will 1000% give her credit for getting me involved in sled hockey without question, regardless of who asked me how I got started. I knew that your sister knew who I was from the conferences and stuff like that, knew that we were friends, but everybody in your family welcomed me so warmly to that wedding or at that wedding that it sort of boggled my mind because it had been a number of years. You and I talk a lot, but like it had been a number of years since I'd seen any of them. And I'm not sure I know your brother. He's come to a few conferences, but with his sports schedule when he was younger, he usually stay at home to partake in different sports. You know, when we were real young, he used to come all the time. My entire family was shocked that you made the trip, but very uh, honored at the same time. D.C. is not the, the easiest place to leave to get into, you know, Ohio or anywhere for that matter. But the fact that we have that good of a friendship, it meant that much to you to come to, you know, support Ellen and I made a very strong point with everybody in my immediate family and even uh, some of my extended family who found out who you were. I was a little nervous about it, not because of how I'd be received or anything like that, which obviously was positive. But like I said, this was the first long trip I took in many years, Mm -hmm. Like, like certainly since before COVID. So from that perspective, I was second guessing myself a little bit because there's so much that has to be done to get ready for a wedding especially if you're you're somebody in a wheelchair you're going out of town you got to get some new fancy digs i can't tell you how many compliments i got about that suit oh yeah no it was was top notch (laughs) that's a whole story in and of itself i was just looking for sport jackets my size because i basically wear a 48 regular that's how big my shoulders are right i would get a 48 short if i could because you know otherwise it sort of drags into the chair but i was mainly looking for 48 regulars and they were kind of few and far between the where i was looking i found a 48 regular jacket that was similar to the one i wore and then i was looking for some pants to kind of match it that jacket didn't have matching pants I found a close second, buy it all, take it home. The jacket that I bought had like the ugliest lining you would have ever seen. So (laughs) that's not why I took it back. But like the pants were easy to get on because they stretched a little bit. If you're in a wheelchair, you can't move your legs and you have to get slacks on every day. You want them to be able to stretch a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Not that I wear slacks every day. But even for, you know, occasional events like this, I take the jacket back. Well, I knew the pants had a a matching jacket, but I wanted to see if there was one in my size and there actually was. So that's how that suit came together. (laughs) Hey, it worked out perfectly. It did. It it took a while. 
which even I knew it would. What's that? Even the shoes were great too. Oh my god! So looking for shoes was the hardest part of all because I usually wear boots of some description so they would stay on my feet right all of these dress shoes they're so low and their laces are so short that I'm thinking to myself well there's no way these are going to stay on so I have these pair of like blue and black camo converse with like black rubber soles the pants came down low enough that i could disguise these as dress shoes <laughs> and nobody said a word about it and i told you that quote from uh shawshank you know how often do you really look at a man's shoes right yeah life hacks for people in wheelchairs <laughs> to be able to dress up easier than maybe they would have on a regular basis i don't know Mm-hmm. But you know, driving to Ohio was not the easiest thing in the world, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I haven't been on many trips driving. I think the furthest I've actually driven was Pittsburgh for uh, hockey at the end of the year back in April. We had our uh, national tournament over there and got to use the Penguins practice facility, which was incredible. So that's the furthest I've actually driven myself, and that's only two hours. Ellen, he needs to get out more. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) for the honeymoon, we drove up to Michigan, but obviously we were together. Yeah. But like solo, the two-hour drive to Pittsburgh is the longest that I've actually done. With Ellen, I'm definitely going to be a lot more active, and uh, it's going to be definitely a uh, great adventure uh, from here on out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to have both of you back on the show to talk about it. And, you know, it seems weird because I'm friends with both of you now, so we could have those private conversations. And I'm sure we will. But she seems willing to kind of publicize your relationship just a little bit to the point where other disabled people know it's possible to have these flourishing relationships. The company that she works for actually started a blog about you know, inclusion and diversity. And she actually is kind of spearheading everything and wrote a blog post about our relationship. And she's like, you know, I don't want to offend you with anything. So I want you to read it. I was like, I feel like you're good to go. Just post it and just go from there. I, You know, I trust her uh, judgment. But yeah, she's definitely enjoys having her voice be heard on that topic. And it's funny because we're definitely complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to how outgoing we are, where you and I are very similar, very outgoing, kind of seek out conversation with people. Sure. Ellen is slowly becoming that person because of me. It's just funny to see that there's certain topics that definitely you see that fire in her that she gets passionate about Another topic. She's like, all right, you know, whatever. But when it comes to me, especially, she's very passionate and putting forth viewpoints on being in a relationship with somebody that's disabled, just the overall treatment of people in the disabled community by society in general and how we're not of the norm. So, you know, what's funny about the fact you and I are so outgoing and we talked about this on the show, if you examine how we met, 
we would not have thought that about each other for a second. It turns out we're just both a lot more friendly than we look. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how those funny situations put forth the best of uh, friendships. I think the best relationships of any kind, you know, have that sort of unusual story of how it started, you know? For sure. I was sort of intimidated because you had a better beard at 16 than I ever did. <laughs> you were intimidated, I think, by my size and probably like muscle tone or whatever. Once we actually got to talking, rest is history, dude. Yeah, I don't remember the exact reasons why, you know, we were both intimidated by each other, but it definitely worked out for the best in the end. And uh, No, it's a joke at this point. Like, scary what? mofo, come on. <laughs> the best part of that for me was... I think it was Amy who dubbed you short-haired Nate in training. Yes. Yes, it was. And, and so I thought about that for a minute. I'm like, short-haired Nate in training. S-H-N-I-T, schnitt. <laughs> and so you have me in your phone as Scary Mofo. I have you in my phone as Schnitthead. Uh, it's never going to get old, is it? <laughs> No, ne never. <laughs> yeah, we need to somehow find a way to get everybody back in a hangout somewhere sometime. Well, look, I got all the way to Ohio, right? Yeah. There's no reason that we can't get the gang back together. Do you remember Molly? Sort of. I remember somebody named Molly, but I, I don't think I ever really knew her. So we were talking and few months back about how interesting it would be to get everybody back now especially those of us that were single at the time but now have a husband a wife or some yeah. kind of significant other and just how interesting it would be to have those you know significant others now included into uh the group which obviously you and ellen have talked a few times and finally got to meet you know at the wedding and have that rapport so isn't that weird though like the first time I meet her in person is at her wedding. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you guys talked, how, you know, we did the podcast episode and I basically was just along for any awkward pauses or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, there really weren't any awkward pauses. It was kind of fluid conversation between the two of you with the occasional chime in from me. Well, first of all, I can edit out awkward pauses. That's not a big deal. <laughs> Because this show is not live, folks, but that's okay. But, you know, second of all, I make it no uh, secret that that particular show was an excuse for me to meet your wife. <laughs> I mean, I'd had you on before that. Mm -hmm. And that was for different reasons. Yes. But there were people that were asking me to have more shows about relationships. Because that's something I hadn't done yet. And, you know, that's not something I want to touch on with most people, like their first time on the show. Yeah. But I could have done that with you. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of friendship we have. Like, oh, yeah, we're both down for what, talking about whatever. But, you know, when it got to the point where you were on like two or three times, I'm like, well, I think at that point you were getting married. I'm like, OK, I've got to meet her now. <laughs> and it was funny because I kind of, you know, approached her about it the days leading up to it and i was like how do you feel about this and she was on board immediately knowing 
how highly I talk about you. She's like, I definitely need to, you know, meet this guy as well. And didn't take much uh, arm twisting on my part to get her to jump on here with us. I can't remember if it was right after the show or the next day she had added me as a friend on Facebook. I think it was right after, if I remember. I think it was. Because, yeah, we were sitting here on the couch. (laughs) Oh, I texted you about it, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, it had to be right after. (laughs) We were talking about this last night. Last year, on my birthday, which is coming up next month, but on my last one, Ellen sent me a message before you did. Yes. And I understand that she got on your case about that. The only reason I did was so many years back to back, pretty much, you were the first to send me a message on my birthday Mm -hmm. for her to do it before you did. I mean, yeah, it's a reason to make fun of you, but it's, it's also (laughs) a reason to realize, okay, Ellen actually likes me. That's cool. Oh yes. She makes sure to tease me about that on occasion for like the first week and a half, two weeks after your birthday last year, she made sure to remind me every single day of how, she was the better friend of yours and <laughs> because of the fact that she did it before I did. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes. She's not even here and she just became a better friend to me. <laughs> just based on that one statement. I like her even more now. Absolutely. I had no doubts that the first time you guys talked that you guys would hit it off and she definitely is a jokester like us. I can't imagine you being with a boring girl, you know, <laughs> so that makes sense to me. We definitely keep each other on our toes and keep things interesting. So, and it's just starting too, right? So yep. plenty more to come, but uh, I think you should send me the link to that blog that she wrote. I'll include it in this episode. Oh okay, yeah. I'll get it from her and then I'll uh, pass that along. Cool. All right, Brian. Well, I want to thank you for being once again an inspiration for an episode and thank everybody else for listening. Remember, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, join our Discord server, subscribe to our YouTube and TikTok channels. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.